Shopamaniacs. You're listening to another episode of the Shop Talk Show. I'm Dave, struggling with Bing, Rupert, and with me is Chris, Thought Blaster Coyer. Hey, Chris, yeah. how are you doing? Dude? Both sides of my headphones are working fine, Coyer. I'm uh, mono today, left side <laughs> only, uh, left ear. Uh, very, we'll see if it affects your... Very disoriented, yes. Cognitive <laughs> abilities. Sorry about that. Technology. Am I left-brained or right-brained? We're going to find out today on the show. <laughs> I think your headphones are struggling to parse the malformed XML that's yeah, channeling per- to them. Perhaps we've uh, encoded this, mal- you know, with the improper GUID or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right on. Uh, uh, we have a special guest this week joining us from as a, as the proprietor of a very nice piece of web software that both Dave and I use, and lots of people in our community here at Chop Talk Show use too. And that's Feedbin, an uh, RSS reading app, although that's our take on it. We will ask Ben You Boys is with us about all that. How you doing, Ben? I'm good. Thanks. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, if I could return the compliment, I only listen to like five podcasts. That's really all I have time for in a week mm-hmm. before there's new ones. One of them is... Uh, Shop talk, so oh, long time, long time fan, and I uh, think I'm, I think I'm even all the way caught up. So if you want to like, just make this a normal show, and I can, I can, uh, we could talk about, you know, follow up from last week or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. We do have a few corrections probably hanging out <laughs> in Twitter. So yeah, what were we talking about? Scraping websites and crap. I, yeah, I wonder. I wonder how relevant scraping is 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 to feed. I mean, we could get real esoteric real quick, but I kind of want to know how you think of it. So, is this a is it is it is it your uh, your full time job? I would think so. There's probably a lot of paying subscribers to that thing. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been doing it full time almost. Uh, well, this year it will have been ten years. Oh, uh, anniversaries coming up in uh, March actually. That is fantastic. And is it a team of one or what do you got? How, what's your... Uh, I, I do most of the things for mm-hmm. Feedbin. Um, and I work with uh, someone on the design side of things who's oh, a yeah. lot of help and fun to work with. So Fantastic. Um, but yeah, I do, I do, you know, front end stuff, back end stuff, um, server side stuff uh i built the servers that feedman runs on and uh you know it's a real uh server farms table operation like to uh run fiber to your house next maybe (laughs) oh good Fantastic. So, so somebody, you know, we think of it, I, I think of it as just an RSS reading app. It's one of the choices that you have if, if you want RSS to be your thing. One of the choices is Feedbin. You sign up and you start adding feeds to it and it becomes this reading experience for you. I mean, is that at the heart and soul of what Feedbin is? Or is that the kind of customer you're trying to attract? Yeah, RSS is certainly the, the core and uh, how it started but it's uh, it's become fairly omnivorous over the years, um, like including um, being able to receive email newsletters, uh, Twitter feeds, um, podcasts, mm. that kind of stuff too. So whatever content is out there, I'm, I, I would like to get that in Feedman if it's if it's possible. Yeah, right on. And, and 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 thus you can go to feedbin.com, log into your account, and start reading stuff. 
um, which is great. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think of that as a, it, certainly podcast is like a first class citizen of it because as you're browsing the Feedbin interface itself, there's like at the bottom, there's like a or like recently played, for example, is a pretty uh, top level navigation item, which is pretty specific to podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, um, last year we came out with a, a native iOS app called uh, Airshow. That syncs with Feedman and, uh, and plays podcasts as well. Ooh. Yeah, right on. Airshow from the makers of Feedman. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I remember that announcement. And I think I lost in the shuffle. I'll have to try that. Um, where else should we take this thing? Because there is so, I, I wrote a list of a million things to ask you about this, but I hesitated <laughs> to get too specific too quickly. Well, we better get started on the list then. I mean, that, that's, yeah. a, that's a lot of things. So I, I have a question. I have a question. So you said you're coming up on 10 year anniversary of Feedbin, right? Coming up in March. Yeah. Google Reader's shutdown was announced March 2013. Is there any connection there? That's a, that? that's a that's a fun that's a fun coincidence, um, and actually probably the reason that Feedbin exists. Um, yeah, I I had started on it maybe at the end of 2012, um, just kind of as a side project. Google Reader still existed. Um, I think Feedbin launched maybe like March 11th, March 10th, somewhere in the night there. And then, yeah, literally like a day or two later, that blog post from Google came out and instantly like created a, a market for this uh, for this uh, site oh, project. Yeah. I mean, wow, was you... it like day one, you're like 100 users like or like 1,000 yeah, users? Yeah, or day, like... Right, yeah, day, uh, day two. Seven, yeah. yeah. Wow. What, that's like cool. <laughs> As somebody's like starting a project and you're like, how do you get users now? You know, it's like, that's cool. That's like, like interesting. You're like, yeah, you have um, the world's biggest tech company dump their product on the day you launch. That's pretty so cool. I actually, I actually still don't know how to get users besides getting insanely lucky. So, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. That's uh, helpful, you know? Um, so that's it's interesting because like I mean so you had started building this like kind of pre-reader you know where you just kind of like Google readers old I'm gonna take on the Titan or where you kind of yeah I I, I used Google Reader just kind of as a like a sync backend for like Net Newswire and Reader with two E's those clients but I ne- but never really loved the web interface and yeah, it was um, very Gmail one. Like very bad, right? Like, yeah, no, I don't. I don't think I don't know if it's if it's bad. It's just is too uh, is too googly, you know. It wasn't uh, it wasn't a good reading environment, and um, not that I thought I could do better, but I could just do something more to my to my taste as a you know long time web developer and uh, you know somebody who really liked reading stuff on the internet. Uh, you know what the 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 thing about Feedbin that I get a lot is like, it costs five dollars. Well, <laughs> really? <laughs> and, and it's like, why would I ever pay money, you know, for something? Like that was kind of a bold choice you had made right out of the gate, right? Like what how did that people react to that? Or is the reaction just been the same eternally? No. Well yeah, I mean um there's definitely just the hard divide of people who will pay for apps and people who won't, you know, and most, most people won't. 
Um, but nobody really complains about that anymore because, like, I don't know. I think pe- people who don't pay for apps don't even like understand like the other the other side of it and vice versa. So like, yeah, I mean, people will just not just not use it based on the price, you know. But but that but what's the alternative, you know? Like, it costs money to run the thing. I got to pay rent, and uh, I don't I don't know. There's like ads, but that but that's just not not, well, not fun. I, I can imagine. I think that's fair. I like that. That's a healthy attitude to be like, uh, you, you don't want to use the app, then don't use the app. Whatever. It's five dollars, so take it or leave it. Which is which is kind of nice. But you can't imagine a different world. You could say, oh, this is it's free, but you can only add ten feeds. Or it's, I'm sure we could think we could all dream up a freemium version of Feedbin, but it just it just never appealed to you in that way. Yeah, uh, I I wasn't that interested in freemium. Um, just you know, at first it was just like I put it on the back burner, didn't have time to to do it, and then I just never did. <laughs> um, but there's a there's like a general there's like a 30 day free trial, so. You, you know, you know what you're getting um, by the end of that. I, I think it. I think in an alternate uh, reality, it would be interesting to see what it would have been like to have a, a freemium version this whole time. Like, I don't. I don't really know what the how the conversions are. Yeah, Thirty days is kind of freemium, isn't it? It's kind of. It's, it's a good point. Is it limited? Is there some like weird bad behavior stuff that you can't allow in the first thirty days because of abuse or something? Uh, let me. You know that so the the only like time that I could think of that Feedman got like hacked by um people signing up for trial accounts was like uh one of the things you can do is you can uh email an article to uh to somebody mm, right, right right from within the web interface there and it um you know it sends that through like a mail provider and uh to help with deliverability but uh somebody like scripted that to just like send their own arbitrary stuff and that sounds um, about right yeah yeah i remember like my my mail gun bill was like 500 bucks that month and i was like what what could have happened and i i looked back and saw that all the spam had been going through there and um wow yeah, so that was, but that was really like the only thing that I think I ever had to limit for like a trial account. Yeah, wow. interesting. Yeah. Good, good behavior. That, that, uh, yeah, the, maybe it's just the nature of the app, but, you know, putting things behind that pro paywall is, uh, or what, what, why isn't that feels like it should be a website or a, a book, like all the ways people can abuse your free freemium account, you know, <laughs> I feel like, there's, I like, could yeah, contribute I to the I, book. I'll I think they were so, yeah, they're just so creative, though. That like, how could you ever like figure out all of them? But yeah, I think I think sending email for free is a that's an obvious one in hindsight. <laughs> yeah, even yeah, I don't know. I even think of like like you know when somebody's like, "Hey, Dave, can I interview you?" You know, you'll get a backlink. You know, and like really, they're just trying to like. Yoink SEO for me or something. I don't know. It's weird, right? Like there's there's like or like they want a backlink or something. And I don't know. There's there's all these like weird ways people try to game the system, you know? And so it would be interesting to have that documented, you know? 
So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I don't know. I, I think it's an interesting uh, creative outlet for some people <laughs> who like, uh, you know, don't. Who have more like time double than money. in crime, you know. <laughs> Well, is is sending email a crime? I don't, I don't know. Maybe well, it, from my perspective, people who just like, hey, I found you on LinkedIn. I feel like that should be a crime. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm tired of it, man. And then they send you the follow up, like, hey, just bumping this. I didn't know if you saw it. <laughs> no, I deleted it, Karen. Please, please go away. <laughs> Um, yeah, no. A couple things that are related to this, this, this Google Reader connection is interesting. There is still just this incredibly weird reverence to that time that I'm sure I've contributed to because I was a big Google Reader too. But it's been long enough now that I, I, I almost don't remember why it was so beloved. I feel like if it came back identical to how it was, let's say it even out of modern, modernized design, I can't imagine a world where it's somehow better than what Feedbin is now. I'm sure it was much worse, slower and renders more poorly and whatever. But there was a, a one clutch feature of it that you've that you've inherited. That I think is great is that it was kind of API driven. So like like you put it, you don't have to use the Google Reader interface. In fact, I would think that most people didn't because it was you know it was it just opened the door to using other reader apps. But it was the home base API. In my opinion, Feedbin has become the home base API because you have such good APIs that and have been around long enough that for whatever reason, if you want to use Net Newswire or whatever, you can make Feedbin the canonical source of your feeds, and that is great. Because I like using the Feedbin interface, but I like the opportunity to explore as well. So I'll use NetNewsWire once in a while. I'll use Reader on my phone sometimes. If there's a new RSS reading app, I'm happy to try it as long as it has Feedbin integration so that I'm just exploring its interface abilities. Would even be happy to pay for that too. But I cannot export my OPML file and import it into their app and then trial it that way. Even though I think that's nice and they should support that and there's nothing wrong with that, I can't like read 10 articles in one reader, come back to Feedbin and be like, oh, they're unread over here. That just sucks. <laughs> you know. So I feel like there needs to be a canonical feed home. And I, you, may, you may have won that battle. Well, thank you. But yeah, I don't know. So the the AP, well going back to Google Reader, I think ironically Google Reader never had a public API. The only clients that worked with it were based on like the reverse engineered, um, you know, JavaScript API that that was used like on on um, when you logged in. And I actually like wrote like a little toy app back then um, just to subscribe in Google Reader. So I had a little bit of experience using that. But yeah, that was, that was like another lucky thing that happened um, after Feedman came out is um, Reader, the developer of um, the Reader app with two E's, got in touch and um, said that he wanted to uh, include support for Feedman. And that, that really helped... Um, kind of solidify like uh you know the customer base and you know a lot of people were already using that app and they wanted something for it to sync with and feedman was like an exclusive for a little while um but like just as a api only product that was actually i think the original idea for feedman was uh based on this 
um, post by Brent Simmons, um, which was like his idea for just like a feed sync system. And he just outlined like, here's like the types of data that it would deal with and like it would need to be able to mm. identify them. Is he the nut newswire dude? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I did start kind of as an API first, but then quickly you realize that it needed like a an interface just to um, kind of like complete the package. Um, but then, I, yeah, I don't think I ever got there as like the an API-only product. But I am happy that it like every account includes API access. You don't have to apply or anything like that. You just like log in with your username and password and you have your data as uh, as Jason. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I might be in the minority, but I almost think it's it's more useful to me as an API only product. No, no, I think the API is super popular. Like er, almost everybody uses some kind of app and yeah. almost everybody uses a website too, but um but yeah, there's definitely like uh, everybody likes an app. Yeah, yeah. I, I go back and forth because I'll find some new reader, you know, cuz I cause I'm sure all of us are in, including listeners. So we're all very specific about what we like in our readers, I think. You know, at least the people I've talked to. For example, here's one. Net Newswire does such a good job at so much stuff. But then you like read a newsletter because I can tell Feedbin to read my newsletters and then those make it into my feeds, which then make it into Net Newswire, for example. And they just take so much heavy control over the rendering of all everything. So you can set fonts and all that stuff. But but it's been just stripped. Anyway, whereas if I read the newsletter in Feedbin, you for somehow or some way like iframe or something like the original email. So if you're reading like a Substack or something, it looks like it would have showed up in your Gmail. It looks exactly like that. Whereas then the stripping that happens in that newswire, it's like it's all jacked up. It doesn't look good. Yeah, well, email newsletters are, are tricky. There's so much, you know, inline HTML and CSS and... Um, the concern with Feedbin or any RSS reader is that usually that content area, even in a native app, is uh, just a web view because that's the only way to like get a good rendering of HTML and CSS. So what Feedbin does is actually throws all that into uh, like a shadow DOM element. So then that way it can't like bleed over. Oh, so it's not an iframe. It's yeah. just a shadow DOM I, chunk. I, I tried the iframe thing at first and you know it's hard to size the iframe based on mm-hmm. the, the content. Mm-hmm. But the Shadow DOM thing solves it completely. It's like, uh, you know, you don't get any bleed through of markup or styles and um, it gets rendered as if it's in an iframe. Web component win, Dave. Web component for the win. Just put wow. on the old, uh, That's a good one. I, I that's actually I've seen that before, and I mean it could have literally been your blog post or something, but um, just this using Shadow DOM as a security feature is kind of a new trend. Um, just because, like, if you don't trust that content, cool, <laughs> like use the sh- render it in a Shadow DOM, and in theory, a closed Shadow DOM that can't go touch anything else, and it should be fine. So. It'd be cool if a Shadow DOM even had like a CSP on it or something. I guess it kind of does already in a little bit of a way. But like, for example, just don't execute inline script tags within this Shadow DOM. But then like in the email is perfect because it's all this style that you don't trust. You just, yeah, that's great. 
That's cool. But it might have like body background red on it. <laughs> but don't right. bleed that, please. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's really cool. Um, I, I, on that note, right? Like content, right? RSS, any kind of content, right? <laughs> like, I mean, from images to uh, tweets to um, code pen embeds, code pen embeds, Woo! YouTube embeds. How, what's, you deal with these like you have a post right now about like how you updated the YouTube embed. It's like a it kind of a little. It doesn't load the YouTube player, which I appreciate from a tracking perspective, you know. But like, it's not just seeding my algorithm with all these random videos. But like, you know, what is the? I guess how do you make decisions about what kind of third party stuff do you kind of support? Um, I goal with all that stuff is just to make the experience as rich as possible and to respect the like the author's content as much as possible. So if it's like hopefully if it's there in the RSS feed or I can get it through like, you know, another means, I wanna like have a good representation of that in Feedbin. Um like iframes specifically was like a big chunk of work a few years ago. Um, the idea there was to um, have Feedbin be private by default so that it would not leak any requests to um, servers other than Feedbins. So with an iframe and with uh, YouTube stuff specifically, it replaces all that uh, with its own markup and does a fair bit of work to like fetch the right thumbnail get all the metadata, like the channel is posted on, the avatar for the channel, and um, and all that. But yeah, I mean, the the thinking is always just like, you know, what what can I do to make, make this stuff look good? Yeah, well, appreciate it, because that's the... That's what's nice. I mean, it, it, it kind of has to, you know, if somebody phones in the like experience of rendering arbitrary content, which is what feeds are, and it just doesn't look very good. Why the hell would I use that app? You know, the bar is pretty high these days. I wanted to try out one called um, Readwise is some new product that has a that has a reader in it too. So new competition. Sorry, Ben. It looks freaking great though. They did a great job with the uh, how feeds look in it, but they don't have Feedbin integration. So wah wah, can't use it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, but but it wouldn't really make sense for them to do Feedbin integration because I think they're you know, competing with Feedbin, right? I don't know, I guess. I just want to use their nice little reader. That doesn't track to me because it seems like I want to read my feeds and I want to see how y'all do rendering of feeds. I'd be willing to pay for it if you have wonderfully beautiful rendering of feeds as long as it syncs and I don't have to manage it in two places. But they also do this other thing where you like highlight stuff and then that, I don't know, becomes part of the experience or what's saved in there. So it's not just like... I have saved this article or I have started or something, but I'm almost like taking notes on the feeds that come through. Sounds great. That'd be neat. That actually leads me into another thing is I, I think people have some memory. <laughs> Mine has faded that Google reader had some socialness to it that people liked that you could, you could star posts or whatever. And I do, I want to talk about stars too, because it seems like a weird piece of metadata that everybody seems to agree on that should exist for feeds. But that um, that you could even leave a comment. You know, I could be reading a post. I could know that Dave kind of like followed me on Google Reader and write something like, 
hey, isn't this interesting how, I don't know, this new screen from Sony has cool pixels on it or something. And it made it made it like feel less lonely that these that this was kind of like news consumption with friends um, that I don't see the RSS readers of today picking up on somehow. I don't know. Have you thought about social features for for feedback? I mean, you offer them in some way. There's the like, for example, producing a feed of my favorites is a one approach to a social feature. We've, we've kind of created a. I don't know if you're aware. We've created a backdoor social network where I subscribe to Chris's likes. He subscribes to mine. We got Andy Bell. We got you know a few other people like kind of this back this clandestine social network of stars. That's that's perfect. I mean that that's what that feed is there for. I, I subscribe to my wife's started items and get you know the best of of uh, the best of Reddit every evening. You know, oh, puppies, good. kittens, all that good stuff. It's like a curated newsletter from like somebody you like, right? Like a somebody who has taste. It's or yeah. not like or just it's the internet's biggest garbage. I, that's like Kotke's whole website, but it's like. <laughs> Yeah. Well, my thinking is, is if you want, uh, you know, account on um, Feedbin to uh, talk to your friends, it's easy. Just make a website and uh, publish an RSS feed and uh, send your friends the URL. And like that's the, you know, the web is the is the social network. Uh, You're talking about um, Google Reader having comments and stuff, but uh, but what uh, what happened to those? Yeah, yeah, truly, just absolutely gone. They're, they're gone yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, completely gone. So, like, I I think it's a, like an interesting feature, but I'm I'm definitely nervous about. We're well, not nervous about, but I actively don't want to create another silo on the internet mm-hmm. uh, for that stuff. Like, maybe there's a way to do it in a in like an open kind of a way, but. But like the, yeah, maybe there's there's nuance to it, right? Like that, like we're in, we have a Discord community, and no, I think people they don't want every single thing that they've typed into the message box of Discord to have a permanent URL for all time that's public necessarily. I think there is yeah, some, well, yeah, I get that. Yeah, there is some kind of transit. There is a such thing as transitory, not important text on the internet that still is community fostering and stuff. That's why I've been like, do I, I always have to run that balance in my head. If I have a cool link and I want to share it, part of me is like, I should blog it because that's the, that's the, the healthiest thing for the internet. I should write my thoughts. I should do the link to it. But sometimes I'm like, oh, is it quite worth it? The lower barrier of just like mastodoning it quick. Yeah, not sure if it's like link worthy. Yeah. Jeremy Keith has, you know, he adds a smidge of commentary about like why he liked the post. He does it on his own site. And as a result, he has like this collection of posts that he's just like, here's what I liked about it. Here's what I didn't like. And, you know, I I am like, I'm never going to do that, Jeremy, because that's like overkill. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel about most things Jeremy does that then I like regret 10 years later um, not doing. But um, yeah, he's usually right. But if he replies to a tweet like looks like a good hamburger you ate, that's like a blog post in his world. In his <laughs> blog. Yeah, it's kind of a little hardcore, right? Like, a little heavy. Uh, but I like it would be nice to like add like a little commentary to something about why I liked it. But then it's kind of like, you know, again, it's like, 
I just did the blog post, then I would have that like kind of forever in my in my I would own that content. So yeah, no, there's a there's a real barrier, and I, like I think you and Chris are quite prolific with the blogging. So yeah, I, I can imagine you know for somebody less, um, you know, if you have a hesitation, then like you know the average person out there that publishes, you know, very rarely is definitely gonna just not post that thing. So. So a lighter weight thing. There's there's need for that, but you know, Mastodon is out there. I'm convinced. I like that you're really you're you're hard line on the like. I'm not. I don't know that you have a vision for this thing, and you're not going to be like, I'll just add chat. <laughs> that's a that's not a that's not a, a vision. Yeah, I think you know? everyone wants chat to happen in their RSS feed. So yeah, when's yeah. that coming out? So yeah. Is that, yeah. <laughs> Uh, interesting. Okay, so I wonder if you could talk about the like the, what makes this hard to do. I imagine there's all kinds of interesting challenges to it, but uh, you know, if somebody wanted to, 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 to uh, I don't know. It's not like I want you to give advice to somebody to build a competitor for yourself, for example. But you have this job of timelyly parsing people's RSS feeds and putting them into an app for a good experience. You know, like what makes that difficult? I think Feedman's in a weird place scale-wise where it kind of processes a surprising amount of data um, just in terms of like the number of articles that get published every day. Um, so, you know, definitely crawling all those feeds, uh, rewritten the crawler maybe like four or five times now. But then, like all the processing that happens on top of an article, like you know, every article gets checked for for images, so it can pull out like a nice little thumbnail. Um, so then you're doing that a bunch of times, and then like all these things just kind of add up. And like, there's services out there that'll like, you know, you can pay per request to help you with some of that stuff, like image processing or whatever. Um, but at the scale that Feedman operates, it's just like all that stuff um, just doesn't make um, sense um, economically to like pay for that stuff. So like I end up doing a lot of that stuff um, myself. Like there's a whole image processing pipeline in there that you Whoa, know resizes really? everything and uh, finds like a nice crop. It does uh, face detection, so like you're not cut off in the in the middle of your face and um just all these all these little things that like uh that when you do them enough time um just kind of add up in terms of like how much processing it takes yeah so you could see somebody who's making some really like some weekend feed bin project that would just take the xml feed and suck the html out of it and just pop it on the page and it's like cool you did the very bare minimum but it's gonna be there's gonna be problems (laughs) the basics are are very easy like just well xml has a has a ton of problems just because there's like so many ways you can break it. Seed seed data, for example. <laughs> it, the whole thing's a comment <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, but like libraries can help you with that to some extent. I don't know. Just all the layers on top of that are where the complexity comes in and just the volume. Yeah, yeah. We see that at CodePen once in a while. It's like, what? It's three text areas. You take HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, you smash them together, and you put their result in an iframe. How hard is that? And you're like, 10 years later, 
it was kind of hard. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened was um, <laughs> the other thing is just, you know, living with the, with the bad decisions you make. Like, you know, if you'd been 10 years old now and there's code that I wrote in there like 11 years ago and, um, and, you know, my temptation is just to, throw everything away and start over but like it's just at this point it's that's just not possible so you know i try to set aside some amount of time to like revisit like one major area of the app Mm -hmm. um like i just completed a big like search rewrite uh stuck on like a super ancient version of Elasticsearch that was like completely EOL'd and um, the performance is really bad so I did like a you know ripped out all the search guts and upgraded to Elasticsearch 8 and built a new server for it and like but the payoff was huge it went from like average request time of like two to three seconds to like under 100 milliseconds or at least under 300 in the p95 nice i don't even think about search and feed bin is it does is it is there like an index just for me of every blog post i've ever read in there or something or what what are the limits yeah yeah really search your whole um your whole thing and pretty quickly now too uh the, the search infrastructure also powers um actions which can be used to like filter articles so you can mark stuff as read based on a, a search query. Um, so like every, that was another thing that I was talking about with the scale of the thing, like every uh, single article gets um, published to Elasticsearch and then Elasticsearch tells the app, like here's like some filters people have set up that matched um, this article. Oh, so if me and me and Dave subscribe to the same post, it doesn't put it in Elasticsearch twice. It just... Or does it? Yeah, yeah. Well, feed, feeds are definitely a shared resource. So, like, no feed data is duplicated. But there's still a super long tail. Like, it's it's surprising how many RSS feeds are, like, one-off subscriptions. Mm. Well, hey, you don't need to throw my blog under the bus here, buddy. That's like, people are listening. Uh, no. Uh, that, so, you have data on, like, what's popular. Yeah. Yeah, who wins? Is it Daring Fireball? Is it me? <laughs> was, yeah, is it, is it Chris? Well, for is it? <laughs> for Feedbin's audience, it's definitely Daring Fireball. I I mean, I haven't I haven't looked in a long time, but that was definitely like the number one for um, the last yeah. time I did. I feel like Daring Fireball is the gateway RSS drug. You know, it's yeah. just something everyone has. You know, everyone has it. You know, it's the. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't you you agree with one percent of what Cruiser says? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, Yankees, cool. Uh, but anyway, that's nice. So, have you seen any surge in this kind of uh, the, let's call it the post Twitter era of the latest Exodus the, from the great from Exodus. Twitter? Uh, there's been a lot in my circles. There's been a little bit of like we should blog more. You know, forget. You know, I, I don't know. There's uh, clearly Mastodon has benefited. Have you uh, seen a benefit for f- Feedbin and RSS? Let's say in the last three months, not not a lot. I mean, there, there definitely is some, but it's. Um, I don't think that Feedbin is a replacement for Twitter. Like you can certainly move your Twitter consumption over to Feedbin, um, which is not like I don't know. People say like they're getting off Twitter, but now you know by reading everything from Twitter and Feedbin. So 
you know, it's just it's just a different 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 Twitter client. No ads, <laughs> read only. Uh, but that you know that's by by Twitter's design or choice. Um, right. We know how chaotic it is over there. If feeds died tomorrow, you should not be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, Feedman actually got lucky um, with that whole thing. Like, it, I don't know, the Twitter stuff still works, even though they cut off um, a lot API of clients. Access, yeah. But I think it's just like based on, you know, it was just like the super popular ones that got shut down. Oh, mm-hmm. so you have your own API key and, and that's how you pull the feed? I thought it was just yeah. like, I don't know, each user has a .rss at the end of the URL or something and you just no, take no. that. Twitter, Twitter did use to publish RSS feeds, but they they cut those off a long time ago. So yeah, Twitter um, oh. Feedman uses Twitter's API. Oh, well, you're screwed then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's it's definitely only a matter of time. Like it's, it's either going to be like... Um, like this last client thing where they cut everybody off or the API is just going to break one day and nobody's left to fix it. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't even really know you could do that in Feedman, so it will not affect me. <laughs> I think the I, I really liked the Twitter integration that we came up with. It's like, um, you know, it really uh, gives a lot of room for the tweet. You know, like uh, if, if you have like a thread, it'll just put all the tweets in line like a like a long article oh, neat. or if you like uh link to a website it can it can extract that content and like put it in like right below the tweet mm. yeah that's a nice feature that you you have i don't know I, I think i feel like i've seen it in other readers too so perhaps there's something in the water with it is that kind of extract original content content generally i would think another somewhat popular feed is andy bayow's thing i forgot what does he call Waxy? that you know Waxy, yeah. That just he, he writes one sentence in all lowercase letters. That's like this thing is cool, and I feel like he's got good taste. So I've you know I've read that feed for a zillion years, but it's it offers precious little context to what he's linking to, and it's never himself. It's always you know like some other link, and so you can turn on that little feature. I think that's a feed bin feature, isn't it? That instead of showing me what he wrote, and I can toggle between them really easy. It just shows me the content of what he's linking to. Right, yeah, we'll extract the linked article. Yeah, that's definitely a thing it can do. Um, you know, it's there to like help with partial content feeds, but it works really well for like that link blog style too, hmm. where the um, where the link is to the external site. Yeah, it's awful handy, especially as a toggle. Because sometimes I'm like, what am I looking at here? Oh yeah, I got to switch back to see what Andy actually, why actually Andy thinks this is interesting. and But I can always yeah. switch back right away. Pretty nice. <laughs> what, uh, like RSS, ancient technology now, right? Which it's 15 years old, dinosaur. Well, what do you think, like how does it need to evolve what what needs to happen in rss and why is it uh eliminating all blogs that use summaries instead of actual posts do you uh, rephrase the second part of the question uh why is it uh people who use the like summaries like short summaries instead of putting their actual whole post in the blog post why do those people need to be banned from rss so. <laughs> okay okay yeah it was as leading as they thought it was okay um <laughs> Well, in terms of RSS evolving, there's not really anything that it needs. It's already, it's already perfect the way that it is. Uh, I think like more people publishing it is good. 
I think that if anything were to replace RSS, it should be um, it should make the basic case trivial and like the basic case is just like publishing your content on the internet. So there's like um, there's like activity pub, right? And activity pub isn't um, I don't think it was designed as a replacement for RSS. But like one of the problems that I had with it um, going through like Mastodon integration and ended up just like scrapping the activity pub angle was just like it makes that case like so much harder. Now it makes like hard things possible, but like just publishing stuff with activity pub is like way harder than it is with RSS. Uh, there's a spec that I really like called JSON Feed by uh, Brent Simmons from NetNewsWire. Yeah, that's in my list. Because it seems like JSON is such a more modern format for API. Yeah, yeah JSON's just like, like you know, your toaster can parse JSON. And um, it's really easy to, to work with in a way that XML just isn't. Um, so like I, I really like that one. And it's really easily extensible too, with like a super like lightweight namespace thing, where like you just throw an object in there that's with a underscore before it, and then you can put whatever you want in there, and then it's up to the client to like yeah. figure out what to do with that. It's such a good format. It just needs it just needs JSON C JSON with comments. It's all solved. Or even the or JSON five is nice too, where the keys don't have to have quotes around them. Yeah, I like just minor evolutions of it, but I might be wrong because you know JSON the format as strict as it is is just is just great. There's a great article that came out just the other day from Rude van Asseldonk. It was the, it was called the YAML document from hell that we should link up that everybody should read that shows just how horrendous of a format. Uh, YAML can be, and he starts out by just praising JSON and just how absolutely simple it is, and there's no ambiguity. You, like you eligibly put it, your toaster can parse JSON. Parsing YAML is a pain in the ass. <laughs> so I'm glad that RSS doesn't doesn't go YAML, but it does make me funny. Isn't there this big chunk of HTML? How would you represent that in JSON? Just put it in. You just have to escape the crap out of it, I guess. No, no. Well. I, it's it's easier to escape HTML in JSON than XML. HTML and XML um, because you know they you know it shares that whole angle bracket thing with XML or when for a brief time um, when HTML was XML you know back in the in that alternate universe I see yeah. I thought it was there's some like exotic, exotic, you know, it's like an HTML comment, but it's just beefier looking in XML that's like, I'm going to put this and then I'm going to put arbitrary XML and then I'm going to close it with this extra exotic looking comment. And whatever between that is, is HTML. Yeah. <laughs> that's the uh, C data escape that Dave was talking about earlier. <laughs> yeah. Not my favorite. And that, that actually does make it a lot easier to just throw HTML in there as if you just wrap it in magic. Uh, C data ta- tags, then you can you can just do that. But otherwise, yeah, you're doing like um, you know you're escaping HTML entities and then confusing the the client when it's time to unescape it. So do you does will Feedman read a JSON feed? Yeah, absolutely. I think it was um, you know I saw the the genius of it 
really early on and wanted to add support kind of as like a chicken and egg thing, like just make sure that the um, client or the application support was there in case anybody had questions about whether they should publish a JSON feed. That's cool. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And so you, you, so firsthand you've seen that if somebody, it's just easier to, to parse and deal with from your angle. I think so. Like, um, you know, any programming language, you can pretty much just hand it and some kind of object, you know, whatever, uh, or, you know, hash or, uh, associate array or whatever. And the language will turn that into JSON. And then as far as like the keys and values that JSON feed expects, it's really straightforward. And the, you know, the spec is like written and, in uh, plain language, it's understandable. Could not go on the W3C because you know it's too uh, it's too human readable for that. <laughs> <laughs> A little too advanced for them. They'll they'll get in twenty years. I I've seen some cool people like uh, Tom Critchlow had kind of vamped on that idea and had library.json for like your book feed or your like your like homegrown. Uh, mm like Goodreads or whatever. Um, and it, it's cool because you just you have this JSON feed, but it's library JSON. It has like certain, you know, authors and notes and, you know, kind of a, a schema for like what a book review looks like. And I just thought it was very cool. I don't know. I thought it was very like, oh, man, you've like that. That's you're taking something that exists and kind of making it extensible and then now we people can share books so yeah very cool oh, I have so many to get through well i think another reason it was nice to talk to you is the i think you were on js party maybe or maybe it was the change log or something a little uh, while yeah, ago was on the, the change log over the summer yeah last, nice uh, and, and it was, i think adam was on the show and he's just like i don't read rss so it was like a, he was like a tough challenger <laughs> for the for the thing but it was not that he doesn't doesn't like it or whatever it was just kind of that i think he had a, a hard time kickstarting it or something or that or that he'd sign up for one and then like immediately put like i don't know cnn in it or something or the or the verge or, or some, one of these very popular sites that just publishes just a zillion freaking things and it had me thinking about that like the challenges of that or if you sign up for a developer blog or something and they publish once every six months yeah that's great that's perfect i want them in my rss feed but that's real lonely, you know. You're not going to hear a lot from them. So that, if that's all that's in there, I have this like RSS reader space that's a little boring. But it's it's easy to I don't know tip the apple cart or something or put too much stuff in there so that there's always sixty five thousand unread items or whatever. I feel like I've got mine dialed in pretty good where I I can even catch up on my feeds. But it's only through you know sheer aggressiveness of you know adding just the right stuff and not being afraid to call stuff and all that is it's been it's been tricky to get there so is that like a, a limiting factor is there like kind of a sweet spot for rss yeah i think it's very easy to get overwhelmed um because there is just a lot of high volume stuff out there and uh that that one just does i think that one just does take the work of figuring out like how much time you have for this and then, like, kind of getting uh, the level of content to match that. 
but yeah, like I think it, it's really easy to just like exclude um, websites that you know publish hundreds of articles a day or you know dozens or whatever, um, just because you know it's just too much stuff. And um, that's like a good thing to like follow their Twitter account and scroll through it versus uh, having it show up in, in yeah, your feeder and like then every single item is like, you know, you got to make sure to get that out of there. So, yeah, I think everybody has their own sweet spot, you know, like I, I probably read more than like a typical person, but like uh-huh. I, I think I only have like, I don't know, 250 like feed style subscriptions and then like another, I don't know, dozens of Twitter or Mastodon accounts in there. Oh, nice. So it does support Mastodon. That's cool. Yeah. And Mastodon supports RSS. So it's just the Feedman's integration that's that's built on top of that. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. The newsletter thing, I think you mentioned at the beginning, but that is pretty interesting in that just people should know that Feedman provides you this special email address. And then if you sign up, Using that, obviously, for the newsletter comes in as your feed, which is great because the, usually the, the spirit of them is the same as RSS. They publish them sometimes and they're interesting things to read. So to me, combining that and getting it, actually getting it out of my inbox is just a big win. I really like that feature. Yeah, that, that was my thinking there is like, you know, I, I was subscribing to some email newsletters and I just like uh, you know I want to do all my reading in in Feedbin, so that seemed like the the best way to to support that. And like you know for whatever reason, it's just kind of easier to make a paid email newsletter than it is to do like a paid RSS feed because mm-hmm. the just like the tooling is there for it, like a Substack. I ended up wiring up my um, own little little thing. I think this was at your suggestion. It was probably a support email or whoever does support for you was that it, they asked me. As, <laughs> as soon as spam, if, if, if by some b- bummer reason, your feed bin newsletter email gets leaked or whatever, somebody sells it or a data breach or something and you start getting spam, your spam will come into your feed bin which sucks because you can't, you know, so you can change your address in Feedbin, which is a nice little feature, but then you, I, I don't know, I think, I, I forget what happens. But the, but the idea was that I'll just make a Gmail that's like Chris Coyer newsletter subscription email dot gmail.com, which auto forwards to the Feedbin email. But then I can use like the dot syntax of Gmail. So every newsletter I sign up for has a unique email address that I, and I can use the Gmail filtering. So if that spam problem happens, I, I have a way to stop it without having to nuke my Feedbin. Yeah, that's the, that's the advanced move for sure. Um, yeah, it's forwarding through your Gmail with a plus hack. And yeah, I, I think like the plus hack is like, that's like a good thing to just use for any account because you can kind of um, cut spam off at the knees by just like banning that one plus address and not having to like change it everywhere. And I wouldn't expect you to build that into Feedbin. That's complicated. It's, it's a niche enough thing. It's interesting how like, like, cause I have like, like Patreon posts, right? Like some Patreon posts you like need to know like, Hey, fill out this thing. So you get that thing you bought or like Kickstarter or whatever. Um, but like, you know, Patreon, I subscribe to some people and they send me like links and posts and like, it comes to my inbox and I feel like stressed because it's like, oh God, I got, I'm like clearing out my inbox, but like, I got to like read this post with 50 links or whatever, you know, or watch this video. 
I love that Feedbin like pulls stuff out, but it seems like, you know, there's still some closed environments out there like Patreon that these silos that don't just offer the content like, and I can't forward it to my, my, uh, I guess I could maybe start forwarding it to my, like all my Patreon emails to my Feedbin. I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, that's a, that's a Gmail rule right there. It's like, uh, you know, everything from Patreon. Send that just over. Send it over. Golly, I might do that because that would be helpful. Because <laughs> there's so many like, you know, I, I one I do is like this online uh, shamisen, which is like a Japanese lute, Japanese banjo. Uh, and it's like lessons, you know, I pay 20 bucks a month. But like, I don't like, I'm not like at 9 a.m. Am I like, gosh, I really just want to practice the shamisen, you know? So I keep the email in red for a month and then I like feel guilt and stuff. But It'd be great to be like, cool, I'm doing Shamisen for an hour. I'm going to open Feedbin and I'm going to just click this, you know, so. Yeah, uh, sounds like a good fit. Well, worth trying anyway. One of your competitors, Feedly, is so confusing to me and how they really try to like push you into these enterprise features of of RSS that's just, I just don't understand. But um, whatever, I'm sure they do fine. But they, I bring it up because I brought up that, you know, the kind of the, the fire hose can be too much sometimes thing. And they have this theoretical answer to it, which is AI and machine learning. And they, you know, they have put that behind this friendly little robot named Leo that attempts to learn about your feeds and filter out the noise and give you extra insight into all that kind of thing. Now, I wouldn't ask you to comment on your competitor, but are, is the, this, you know, apparently popping world of AI stuff, something that feeds could get into in other ways. Yeah, I'm thinking about making a, an RSS robot called Clippy and he's going to, you know, pop up and like be real friendly. You, you like and, this feed? You'll love yeah, Auto. That kind of thing. Or if I'll I was trying to get... bucks to get recommended. <laughs> if I was trying to get some uh, investments, maybe I could, I could pivot to an AI platform. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think um, <laughs> I think there's money in like a, a, a summarize this New York Times article, <laughs> like you know, because sometimes that's it's a like good idea. One little paragraph long. that you actually care about, you know. Um, well, what what? Uh, how do you like um, when you throw uh, you know an article at Chat GPT or whatever? How do you like the summary results? Is that is that useful for you? I mean, I from what I'm seeing, you know, and I'm seeing like regurgitated screenshots, you know, low res screenshots of things people have done, and I mean, it seems like it like does okay, you know, um, but it, that's more like a time thing, you know, in like the high volume feed thing, you know, like I, I'm really just like, do I really want to read all of this, you know? Um, yeah, so. I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like as soon as you're um, in in that mode where you care that little about the content, that's like a pretty good candidate of something you can just unsubscribe from. Cause like, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. Like, I, I think that the um, current generation of AI stuff is crap. Um, like, the quality of the writing or the quality of the images produced is just like, it's just not good. Right. Or it's um, quickly start to see all the, all the same, all the sameness of it. 
Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's like you make a good point. It's like if I wanted the summary of the New York Times article, I could just go to Chat GPT and be like, "Tell me about the Ukraine war," you know, or what? Yeah, and then it would just it'd just lie to you. Tell me something. You just tell me whatever it thinks it knows. Yeah. Uh, one one feature that um, Dig Reader RIP used to have. Yeah, that, that was a good one. I, I I think that was like the closest to my taste in terms of like visual design and. Yeah, and, and I only used it because I like have massive like Dig affinity from you know like goodwill built up from years ago. Um, but it, like one thing it had was like it would you put your Twitter account or connect it and it would like give you like hot articles, you know, kind of the, that feels like the mythical beast, right? Like the trending in your sphere. Uh, is that something you've thought about or, or yeah. attempted? Or? Well, going back even further than dig reader uh, in college, I used this RSS reader called um, fever. Yeah. By uh, uh, Sean Inman. And it was yes, like, yeah. a, it was a PHP, like he's, you you pay for it, and he would email you a zip file, and you would unzip it onto <laughs> your onto your lamp server, and run and it run would fill it just up for in about three days. <laughs> <laughs> it was really it was really impa- impressive software for. I mean, like I don't even know when that was, like two thousand five or something like that. Um, and like to support like you know the just terrible like shared web hosts and like all the um, you know different versions of PHP and MySQL that might be pre-installed there. Um, but Fever was built around this idea of the of the hot links and the basic idea of the algorithm was like if if an article had multiple um, like inbound links to it, uh, then it was like a strong signal that it was like a really? popular article. Wow, that just didn't went. That just died with Fever, didn't it? I've never seen that. So, so I really liked Fever. Really amazing, you know. Like I, I think Sean was like such a great um, web developer, like front end and back end and all that. He's not dead. Well, yeah, but he he might as well be because he pivoted to games and like. Oh uh, yeah, that's you true. Know, we lost we lost him as a web developer. Um, but when I was using that. I found that that particular, like pulling out those um, popular articles was like not super useful to me because there was already such a good chance that I was going to see them anyway because they were, you know, getting all these links Uh or mentioned by like multiple people. So like I find that stuff just like bubbles up naturally. Now I think if... um, it, maybe if you're not a completionist like I am, then yeah, I could I could see something like that being useful. But uh, but yeah, for me personally, it's just like never um, uh, is like the obvious stuff that I was finding for me. Now the 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 trick is is to find like the less obvious stuff, you know, like the stuff that isn't getting linked to but is like super relevant to you, and like that's yeah. that's what Clippy is gonna do in like twenty in the future, 30. yeah. Yeah, that's good. Or or scope it to not just how many links from anywhere, but you definitely want to know if your social network is hot on it. I mean, that was kind of the yeah. And I, I think like there's that uh, nuzzle or something like that that got bought by Twitter. This is some right. Some, oh, that yeah. effect. 
Right. Yeah. I, I was absolutely got my nuzzle newsletter every day. So that was oh, that was a little sad to see it go. But it did resurrect itself. But now it's like a Twitter blue feature and whatever it's dead to me. But yeah, you don't, you know, feed bin doesn't know anything about your social network, right? On, on purpose or, or, or whatever. It doesn't uh, it doesn't know that Dave and I are friends. Probably for the better. <laughs> oh, well, we're coming up on the hour, I guess. Is there anything to to round out? Yeah, thanks so much for uh, coming on the show. Like, this is uh, we're obviously Feedbin fans, and I really appreciate. It. I uh, every time somebody's like, "Oh man, remember Google Reader?" Like, waxing nostalgic about that. I'm just like, Feedbin, Feedbin exists. Thank, thank you. It's like a ten times better. It's only five bucks. Like, support people. Yeah. Uh, but like, anyway. Feedbin exists. RSS is still alive and thriving. You can tell by my 2100 unreads. So I, I really <laughs> appreciate that. And uh, so, and thanks for coming on the show. But for people who aren't following you and giving you money, how can they do that? Uh, well, yeah, you definitely uh, sign up, subscribe to Feedbin. Uh, you could just send me a check too. That'll work. <laughs> Um, and then for following me, just you know, subscribe to the Feedman blog. I guess that's probably where I I write the most. I'm not, uh, you know, I got that uh, Mastodon and Twitter, but I don't really I don't really use those things. All right, well, very cool. And uh, I, again, appreciate it coming on talking about something Chris and I really like RSS. So. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thank you, dear listener, for subscribing to this using RSS in your podcatcher of choice. Uh, be sure to start heart favorite up. That's how people find out about the show. Follow us on, uh, I don't know where we're at, uh, uh, some place with RSS, hopefully, <laughs> at Shop Talk Show. And then uh, follow us uh, or join our, our dis- 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 Discord, patreon.com slash Shop Talk Show. Chris, you got anything else you'd like to say? Trying to find the feed for the feed bid blog. I can't find it. I'm just going to have to let Auto Discovery take it here. But uh, but Shop Talk Show has a feed too. Uh, uh, ChopTalkShow.com slash feed.